Ladies and gentlemen, and fellow golfers, for your entertainment. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa, brought to you by the Hagen Oaks Golf Super Shop, America's most awarded golf facility. Nature Wood Home Furnishings, where it's all about choices and always about quality. Welcome into another edition of the Golf to Go Radio Hour on Sackdown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. Hello, Scott Marsh. How are you? I'm good, Frank. How are you? You know, uh, doing very well. You and I had a chance to play in the Golf and Guitars uh, KNCI uh, Hagen Oaks uh, Morton Golf uh, Foundation uh, tournament the other day, and what a, what an incredible event that was. Oh, it was awesome. First time I've had a chance to play it. We had an incredible time, beautiful day. Uh, we got to play with the fiddler from the Cripple Creek Band, Eric Gunderson. He was amazing. We had a great time with him, and it was just an incredible experience. Eric Anderson, I think, is uh, now really excited about playing golf some more. <laughs> yep. Uh, on the show today, because there's never any time for us to talk about what we did, so let's just get right to it. T.J. Duncan is the owner of Duncan Golf Management, uh, about uh, six uh, golf courses in their portfolio, including the newly acquired Winchester Country Club. So we're going to talk to him about plans he has for that golf course. Winchester is one of the most magnificent courses in our area, and I know it's public, so a lot of our listeners can go play it. Yeah, public uh, public access, uh, and uh, we're going to talk about how we do that. Eric Lippert, PGA, head golf professional at Pebble Beach. We did an interview with him a couple of weeks ago, and uh, while it may sound a little confusing, we're going to repeat that because of the uh, United States uh, Women's Open coming up in, in just days here. I can't wait. You know, that starts on Monday. Frank, yep. People can go over the 4th of July weekend and go check out the U.S. Open. As we know, with these major tournaments, the, the practice rounds – are the best rounds to go to in a lot of cases because you get to see players working on their games and it's it's really informal you get to talk to people all that fun stuff yeah they are really more accessible on practice days and you know even pose for photos and and autographs and and that as long as you don't get in the way of their practice yep. uh, jeff coons president of the board of yolo flyers club is uh is here to talk with us about an open house they're going to have on july 16th an opportunity to go out and see the course and learn what it takes to be a member there yeah, no, and that's a course that I want to get out and play, and I can't wait to hear more about that. That's all coming up on this edition of the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Back with more right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Welcome back into the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. I've got TJ uh, Duncan with me, TJ Duncan, PGA. Uh, TJ is the owner of Duncan Golf Management. And when you think about uh, the life of a PGA professional, boy, there's there's all kinds of things that they can do. They can certainly be a club professional. They can uh, they can teach. They can uh, they can be a general manager. And TJ, you've decided you're going to be an owner of a golf management company. How's that working out for you? Uh, it's working out well. You know, uh, my father started the business, uh, started back in the business probably in 81. And uh should say probably he started back in 81 and uh, bought his first golf course in 05. So wow. he was an operator for many, many years, uh, had an opportunity to buy uh, his first golf course, cashed in everything that he had earned in, over his career and uh, bought a golf course. And we have since bought and sold a couple and, and bought a few more. So, uh, yeah, we have uh, five five facilities, six golf courses now. That's an amazing story that, uh, you know, that a man would uh, kind of pursue his dream and, 
you know, push everything to the middle of the table and buy a golf course. What what kind of a guy was he like? You know, my father was old school. He uh, he definitely uh, was willing to bet on himself and and bet on hard work, and he believed in you know providing a, a great product for a uh, fair price. And uh, you know, it, it it has worked out for the better part of uh, forty years. We he he would tell you that. Uh, if he was still here, that we were, were very blessed, and uh, yeah, that 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 really was his style. That's very cool. So uh, it's it's a family-owned business. Who's uh, who's running the business besides you? Just me. Uh, mom, mom is involved uh, on very very high-level decisions, and uh, my sister is um, has two wonderful nephews of mine that keeps her busy with all the things uh these days so um yeah i'm pretty much the day-to-day guy for the family all right so what was what was that first golf course that that your dad bought we bought wolf run wolf run was the first first purchase and uh from there we bought dayton valley another little nine-holer called kylie ranch um, we bought Lake Ridge in 13, we bought uh, Toyabi in 19, and then Winchester this past year, and we have since sold Kylie and Dayton along the way. So, uh, yeah, and then we manage Eagle Valley for the city of Carson. That's amazing. I mean, that's that's quite a portfolio and um, and some really nice properties. And uh, when I when I learned that. Uh, that you had also um, uh, gotten involved with Winchester. That was uh, that was something that was really exciting, certainly to me. I mean, um, all of those other courses are are worth a, a, a day trip or even an overnight trip from Sacramento to come on up to the to the Nevada area and and play those golf courses. But um, you know, the ones that people might be most interested in probably is Winchester because it's 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 right up uh, right up Highway 80 here from us and and. What an incredible spot that is! When when you had an opportunity to to get involved there, what 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 were your first thoughts about Winchester? You know, we've tried to buy Winchester over the years a couple of times when it's changed hands. This time, it it, it finally worked out for us. I mean, it is as you know, and and everybody who has been there, it is a phenomenal fit facility in a beautiful setting. Uh, it's very easy to get to, like you said, right off of I eighty, but. Uh, I mean, it's just a spectacular track, um, phenomenal clubhouse, and uh, we uh, we pride ourselves on providing phenomenal service. So, um, yeah, there was nothing that wasn't attractive about Winchester. It just finally kind of came together, and we were able to make it happen. I think about uh, when it when it first came on board. Uh, you know, talking about somebody pursuing his dream, C.C. Myers was the was the guy behind all of that, and and boy, he didn't he didn't spare. <laughs> A penny in in putting that golf course together. I remember being uh, with with him and Stan Atkinson of all people, kind of uh, touring the place. and And CC was very proud of what was going on. He wasn't a golfer, and he didn't quite know everything that he was doing there. But uh, but it was it was really very very exciting. And then of course when when the uh, when it opened to the media that um, it, it's one of what I think ten courses in the country that Robert Trent Jones senior and junior designed together isn't that what the number is i believe so yep it sounds right yeah and i remember robert uh, trent jones jr 
making an announcement uh, to the media and welcoming us all to be there. And um, unfortunately, his father was in the hospital at the time. And uh, whether this was true or not, it was a great story. But um, he said uh, that his father uh, woke up in the hospital and um, Junior said to Senior, Dad, do you know where you are? And he says, yeah, parents, I'm in the hospital. He said, do you know what happened? He said, no. He said, you had a stroke. And the line is, his dad said, well, do I have to count it? <laughs> and all golfers, all golfers will appreciate that line. But, boy, and, uh, from that first day um, and, and to watch the way that golf course has grown in, and uh, it, 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 I don't know, you, you feel like uh, you're on top of the world when you're, when you're standing on some of those tees and looking at the vistas and, and uh, it, it, it's, it's just an amazing golf course. Yeah, it is a little piece of heaven up there in uh, Meadow Vista for sure. So my understanding is that there's going to be public access. Is that, am I hearing that correct? Yeah, there, there has been uh, limited public access over the years uh, up at Winchester. We are going to uh, open the public access up a little bit more um, just to kind of get a little bit more exposure to the property. Mm-hmm. So how would people go uh, about uh, making a tea time? You you can do it a lot of different ways. You can do it um, you can do it online. You can do it through the website. You can do it through Golf Now. You can obviously call the golf shop. So all the all the wonderful technological ways to uh, book tee times now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so have have you figured out a schedule? I mean, do you know uh, when uh, public will be available, or or is that still in the works? No, no, public is available already. Yep. Okay. All right. Very good. So so get on the phone and do that. Uh, we're talking with uh, T.J. Duncan, PGA uh, owner of uh, Duncan Golf Management. Let's talk about some of those properties up there in uh, in Nevada. I'm, I'm guessing that, that Wolf Run has to have a, a special place in your heart, with that being your dad's first golf course. Um, it, it certainly made a name for itself as well. Tell us a little bit about Wolf Run. Yeah, Wolf Run it was uh, originally built um, by the university as the home course of the Wolf Pack. My father purchased it, purchased it from the university. Um, you know, it's a link style golf course. Um, it, it's very golfer friendly. It uh, can be as challenging as we want it to be, but it is a semi-private golf course, so we don't make it as hard as we possibly can every single day. And it's just, yeah, it's where it's all where it all started for us. So um, it it does hold a special place uh, in the heart for the family. My uh, parents built a house on the golf course, so um, yeah, it, it, it's a wonderful place. Yeah, I'm embarrassed to say, you know, after all these years, I still have not played Wolf Run. But everybody I talk to just tells me what a what a great experience they have uh, from the moment they arrive till they you know, drop a, a putt in on 18. It's, it's just a, you know, a great place to play and, and, um, and the service is, is uh, incredible. Yeah. You know, Reno, Reno Tahoe area has a, a ton of great golf up here. Um, and if you've ever been on this side of the mountain, it's, uh, it's definitely ball travels a little bit further here, which is always great due to the elevation. And uh, yeah, there's a little bit of everything on this side of the mountain for everybody. 
I've played Lake Ridge, and, and uh, mostly what people remember is that uh, par 3, which is uh, way up in the air, and uh, it looks like you're you're hitting down a postage stamp, but there's a lot more room than that. But uh, that's a pretty exciting golf course as well. Tell us a little bit about Lake Ridge. Yeah, Lake Ridge is, in the, uh, is a great golf course in the middle of town. It has a signature 15th hole that's 400 feet uh, down to an island green. So uh, it's definitely the the one thing that sticks out in everybody's mind after after they're done playing, and yeah, it's a, it's an older style golf course. It's not very, you know, it's not long like you see some of the tour uh, golf courses now. So you can actually make some birdies and have some fun, and uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great it's a great facility that everybody uh, enjoys. Toyabi um, was was that. A, a different name before i mean it, it, it kind of popped up out of nowhere was that another golf course yeah before? it it originally yeah it originally opened as thunder Ca- thunder canyon no uh-huh. it originally opened as lightning w and then it became thunder canyon and then the last owner that we bought it from changed the name to toyabi which is a national forest so uh-huh. uh yeah it's a great facility it's out in the middle of washoe uh, it's definitely uh, more of a championship-style golf course, and uh, it's set up on the west side of the mountains. It's got spectacular views of Mount Rose and Washoe Lake and all the things, and it, like everywhere else, it's in phenomenal shape, and uh, it's a great golf course. And uh, the other property in your portfolio is Eagle Valley. Eagle Valley, yeah. It's actually where Tom got his first job in 81. He came from uh, Boundary Oaks up here for his uh, first head pro job at Eagle Valley, got hired by the, the city of Carson. And, uh, yeah, we uh, came full circle probably seven years ago. We uh, were awarded the management contract. We've had a great time down there working with the city and uh, improving things out on the golf course and at the facility. So uh, Eagle Valley is, is is a great course. It's got uh, – the east side, which is a whole lot more golfer-friendly, it's where I played high school golf, and the uh, the west side is definitely more challenging and uh, more demanding for the golfer. You know, uh, for people listening, it would appear that, oh, my gosh, this guy's got uh, all these golf courses he can go out and play. And like most people in the golf world, I'm guessing you don't get to play as much golf as, as people would think. <laughs> I, I, I always tell everybody, they go, that asked me that question. Oh, you must play a lot of golf. And I go, do you go to work on your day off? <laughs> and they're like, no, I go, me neither. <laughs> I love to play. I played a lot when I was younger. And obviously now business kind of takes me uh, away from playing, but uh, I, I do, there's nothing better than getting out there and just relaxing for a day and unplugging and putting the cell phone down and uh, yeah, get getting the buddies and maybe playing for a dollar or two and, and, and having some laughs and yeah, every once in a while you do something good and make a birdie and it brings you back for brings you back for next time. TJ uh, Duncan PGA is uh, is also a, a member of the board of directors for the Northern California PGA. How how long have you been a PGA professional and and what was it about the about uh, golf that attracted you? Uh, yeah, well, like I said, I played in high school, played through college. Uh, you know, dad was in the business forever. And uh, it was just, you know, the family business uh, to do. Got in the PGA, ooh, in my 30s, was finally a member, then got elected to the board probably 
four years ago, five years ago, and then this last year I was elected. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be elected secretary of the executive board. So um, yeah, just been it's been great to be part of the process um, and be in the room talking talking solutions on how to to improve things and um, make the golf industry continue to thrive. You know, the golf industry is is in a in a position now. Everybody uh, certainly knows when Tiger came on board and we had all of these people playing golf and and great interest in it. But but the game now is even is even in a better shape than it was then. Yeah, you definitely see a little resurgence with the younger guys coming out and uh, the popularity of the game rising again. And uh, you see more and more families coming out, which is always great to see. Uh, talk about, uh, just for a moment, about uh, you know people that are interested in the game but just haven't taken that first step. What are you know, the game can be uh, a little challenging, you know, a little foreboding, and it's, uh, boy, it's difficult and all of that. But, but talk about the other side and how much fun and enjoyment and, you know, uh, ability to, to be out with friends. Yeah, you know, uh, golf is great. You, you get probably four and a half, five hours of dedicated time with uh, friends, family. A lot of business gets done on, on the golf course. Um, it's a game you can play forever. You know, one day they tell you that you're you're too old for baseball, basketball, and football. So you uh, <laughs> you have to find you have to find another sport. You know, all of us uh, kind of age out of those things, either in high school or college, or even after college. So golf's one of those sports you can play forever. Um, especially for beginners, there's a ton at every every golf course has um, clinics. Uh, we have. Uh, clinics at Winchester for beginners as well. I, I would suggest starting on the range and then, you know, working towards getting out on the golf course, whether that's nine holes, 18, you know, working, playing the afternoons when it's a little bit slower, it's a little less intimidating. Golf is a very intimidating sport for a lot of people, but it's a great sport. And uh, I have met countless people that once they get the bugs, they're, they're in for life. So um, there must be something to it. There must be I'm something still playing to it. And I, yeah, there must be something to it because I'm still playing and I love to play. So, uh, yeah, I recommend it to everybody. There you have it, everybody. Go uh, If you haven't played the game, give it a shot. T.J. Uh, Duncan, PGA owner of Duncan Golf Management, thanks so much for being with us on the Golf to Go Radio Hour. Continued success uh, with all of your properties, and, um, and someday we'll just have to tee it up. I, I would love that. Thank you for everything, and thanks for having me today. All right, back with more right after this. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. Golf to Go Radio Hour continues here on Sacktown Sports 1140. Hi, I'm Frank LaRosa. Scott Marsh is with me, and uh, we are welcoming in Mr. Eric Lippert. Uh, Eric is the head golf professional at Pebble Beach and an old friend, and Eric is also president of the Northern California PGA section, so he wears a couple of hats. Eric, how are you? I'm doing great, Frank. Uh, Scott, good to see you again as well. So uh, always happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you coming back. You know, the last couple of times we've been talking about uh, the uh, United States Women's Open coming to Pebble Beach for the very first time in its uh, 78th year, which is that's that's pretty remarkable that, uh, you know, uh, in the 78th year, it, it never was at Pebble Beach. And but I, I know everybody is very excited 
to have it there now. And um, anything been going on, Eric? You know, what are you keeping busy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just kind of, you know, uh, yeah, finally coming in a little bit before 10 o'clock now and, you know, <laughs> making sure I stay till at least four or five. But, uh, no, you know, you know, Frank, to go back to what you're saying, uh, the first thing was when you're saying about 78 years, hard to believe. I think in some ways, yes, absolutely. Um, but when you think of the history of the USGA, it really wasn't until 72 where even public courses had any play in it in 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 terms of, you know, like a Pebble Beach and having a U.S. and open and hosting that. Right. So 72 was the first time a public course did that. So you think of that 50 years and in that 50 years, a lot's happened now. Is it well overdue? I would agree. I would argue that, yes, it's well overdue. But at the same time, you know, we, we have in the past been a good friend of the USGA in other ways, being that we've hosted um, U.S. amateurs hosted two women's U.S. amateurs as well, actually in 40 and 48. So, um, and one of the things that was pretty interesting if you research Pebble Beach's history is if you look at like 1950, 51, when the LPGA Tour first got started, um, part of the starting point was, it was called the Weather Vane. It was like a circuit of, of stops along the way called the Weather Vane Open. And Pebble Beach was along that stop uh, during those two first couple of years. So, there's been professional golf played here. It's just history hasn't quite um, exposed it enough, but we are very, very well prepared to do that and positioned to do that in about a month. So very excited. With all the experience that, that you've had, uh, especially, uh, you know, in somewhat recent years with USGA events, um, this isn't just another tournament. On the other hand, you probably got a team in place that that's well prepared to, and and know what to do. I mean, when you think about everything that's involved just in a, in a, in a regular golf tournament, um, you know, from, from parking to, to bathrooms, to food, to, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and magnify that by a, a major event like this. Um, it's keeping everybody on their toes, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're a little unique in terms of how we operate as a resort in that we tend to take, do the lion's share of a lot of that prepping and planning internally partially because we do so many big events in a year. Uh, so we have the infrastructure and the teams to really work side by side with USGA. And so um, that's a great thing. And that's partially, uh, you know, another great benefit aside from the golf course and the facilities that also adds to that relationship for the USGA is that, you know, it's a, it's a year whenever they come to Pebble, not that they, definitely take take a year off but certainly that they are able to do a little bit less and, and get a breather i mean they are running all these championships themselves every year and so to be able to go somewhere like a pebble beach have that facility have the you know the golf course that you're that you're looking at and and also have a team that can work side by side and has a lot of these operational planning pieces in place ahead of time is is makes a great relationship from a from a working standpoint and I, I'm guessing it's got to be pretty exciting for the women as well to, to you know, play this major championship on, on such an incredible golf course. Yeah, it's been outstanding. We've um, I think if you watch LPGA Tour golf on the weekends, there's almost not a week that doesn't go by that there's not some form of a reference of, of what's coming when the, with the U.S. Open. And, and um, so, you know, I mean, I, I think the excitement – not just, you know, you know, Frank, it's kind of like what we talked in the past before when we've been done in other interviews and we talk about just people's excitement on a daily basis coming here. Mm -hmm. um, not that the PGA Tour players take it for granted as much. I think they all appreciate it and enjoy Pebble Beach. That's not it. 
Um, but I think from an access standpoint and, and what we're doing in a month is the excitement to see that on the best players in the world in the women's game, the excitement to be coming and playing and hosting this event at Pebble Beach that they have is really, really kind of lends itself to the excitement that we have. It just kind of pushes the whole feeling, you know, up a whole level. So that so staff wise, when you come here, people are, the, the, you know, talking about it. Every it's, it's just everybody's on the forefront of everybody's mind at the moment. And it's it is it's truly exciting to be part of something that hasn't been done here before. And there's very few things that you can say at Pebble Beach that you can be a part of that haven't been done yet. And so a lot of people understand that, and they're very excited to be a part of that. And uh, if if you live in Northern California and uh, have followed any golf uh, at Stanford, there's a there's a young woman that uh, just turned professional and won her first time out. And my guess is she's going to be playing at your golf course and at the uh, U.S. Women's Open. Well, yeah, you know, and she, so a couple of things, right? I mean, so Rose has kind of been forefront for us. Um, you know, we host on an annual basis a tournament called the Carmel Cup. And in for the number of years, it's hosted uh, the men's golf teams, people like Victor Hovland, Matt Wolf, uh, to name a couple that are out, you know, and not just playing, but have been very successful in the PGA Tour. Um, and there's about five or six more out there. Right? Grayson Sig is out on the tour. He, he's played in that event since just in my seven years being here. Well, last year we changed the script and or or the, the, the tournament director, Finn Ewan, did and and he brought all the women's teams and one of the teams he brought was Stanford and they were absolutely blowing people away and they continued to do so, right? They did the same thing. But what was amazing was that's where we got our first glimpse of Rose Zhang and Rose um, coincidentally has the women's course record here at Pebble Beach, which was wow. set last year by her wow. at 63. Wow. So the plot thickens, doesn't it? <laughs> and, and that's not... Is is that one shot different than the men's record? Is it, hers is sixty three. The men's is sixty one. Also, 61. it was shot by Hurley Long in the Carmel Cup as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. AT and T has its own record, you know, with a tournament record of sixty two. But but, but sixty one is the lowest score shot on the golf course. That's the, the official course record. Scott, I know you're really excited about the Open coming to Pebble Beach and and uh, plan to be down there as well. What, what are you looking forward to? Oh, so many things. And uh, yeah, you mentioned with, with Rose Zhang, I mean, winning for the first time in her first event on the LPGA this past week uh, in 72 years, that's phenomenal. And of course, two-time NC2A champ. And, you know, some people are talking about her and it's totally unfair, but it's hard not to make the comparison to a Tiger Woods and being from Stanford and everything else. And I just got to think from a, a marketing standpoint with what she did, boy, that's really going to make the event even more special coming up. Yeah. So, so, you know, when you can say, you know, it's easy to, to draw comparisons to Tiger Woods, but if you wanted to take college careers, hers is actually better. She won yeah. 12 out of 20 events at Stanford. It took him, I want to say 22 or 23 to win 11. Wow. What a slacker. <laughs> I know. I know. You'd think, you know, you just, when you thought he was trying it, apparently he wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> But you know, that just shows you how great she is. I mean, I I, I was happened to be at Augusta this earlier in the year for the for the annual. We were doing some site, you know, scoping out, watching the event, um, and watching her win that, win that in the playoffs. She just she just has an ease about her and a calmness that is, even when she's not at her best, because I don't think she was that day either on the final round. But she but it was enough, you know. And yeah. 
just stay calm like that and to and to stay present and to and to be able to give herself a chance to finish it off and and then she does pretty amazing and yeah tiger tweeting out after the event all of that stuff is just so great for the tournament in the area of course there's a lot of other great players um i'm curious she has the course record at 63 we know the u.s open setups are as tough as they get um she saw 63 under different course conditions. So tell us what she can be in store for this time around versus when she shot that 63. Well, my, my first, my first comment would be that when you shoot 63, I'm not sure if it matters how long the rough is. If you're hitting <laughs> That's, pretty true. That's true. You're not however, in the rough very often. <laughs> however, Scott, to your point, um, what have we done? Well, we've really, we've really looked back at 2019 and we have a very similar footprint for the ladies this year in terms of um, widths of fairways as we did in 2019. Again, the goal, we're, we're, we're setting this thing up and, and, and dialing up a championship that is worthy of any of the best men's championships we've run as well. Um, we're, we're really just completely all in focused hard on providing and, and taking advantage of this opportunity for both sides. So golf course wise, it's gonna be very difficult. Um, Fairways are cut in. They're all they're all in now. We've been very fortunate. If you've been in Northern California, you know there's been a lot of liquid falling from the sky, and so the rough is extremely lush and healthy. So um, the difference, the big difference, would probably be your question. What would be the difference? Obviously, some yardage is going to be the difference, length of length of the course, but I think that lends itself to some unique setup options that the men's game doesn't, because Pebble is not a um, considered a long golf course. And the other part of it is that the, probably the rough is going to be, it's going to be just a little bit shorter. It's just not going to get to the length and that's just due to swing speeds. And, and it's really would be unfair anyway to uh, make it five, six inch rough at this point. You know, as, uh, as, as the PGA head golf professional, you've spent a lot of time on that golf course. Um, and uh, during the event, you'll, you'll be busy as well and won't have time to, to be there as a spectator, but, for spectators that are going to come out, uh, what, what what would you be looking for, or what would you be looking forward to as as a, a fan, and and what can um, you know what can make the job easier for a spectator in in finding the right spot to watch the golf tournament? Well, you know, I think um, when I say this, kind of unfortunate. It's not there's you know you're not going to have at the, the about forty thousand people like you would at maybe a men's open. So I think. Just in general, walking the grounds is going to be it's going to be a lot more um, fan friendly in terms of being able to see the players. Certainly, there'll be some large draws with some of the more the higher named players, like always. But but really, Frank, I think it's just a phenomenal opportunity to walk Pebble Beach and it's all it's kind of all its glory and watch some of the best golf you can see ever played. I, these ladies are amazingly good and. Um, I think it's taken for granted sometimes, but the game, the, the women's game, like when I was in, in, in Augusta watching these, just all these amateurs play, they're all amateurs at this point. You think this is the future of golf here. They're not, but one, two years away, or some of them, like in Rose's case, you know, a month away. Boy, oh boy, there is a heck of a game that they're playing and it's, it's phenomenal. The skill sets are phenomenal. The, the, the way they manage the courses is fantastic. So I, your, your question is, where do you go? You just come out here to Pebble Beach and, and take a stroll. That's what you do. <laughs> great, great advice. 
And I, I think um, for the average person who plays and, you know, hacks around the golf course, I think what will we'll, we'll be interesting with this, because the way the tees are and the way the length is, it'll be kind of a more common spot for people who get a chance to play on a regular basis or maybe even get lucky enough to play Pebble Beach someday. Obviously, the course is going to be in a lot tougher condition, but you'll kind of see some general shots that, you, you know, might make sense from a layout perspective that obviously are unobtainable from the men's game. Yeah, you know, I think to your point, yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, the one thing everybody comes out after the week or two after or month after of the of the US Open, and they're thinking, gosh, you know what, I'm going to go out there and try and play my US Open and play from where they want to play, which is absolutely, it's just not reasonable. It's not reasonable. And I would tell you, even at, at the yardage airplane, which would be about 6,500 yards, regardless of condition that's it it's a championship golf course for a reason and you know the thing i would always encourage people is most people are coming from areas that are a little bit more um the weather is a little more temperate it's a little warmer generally they get a little yeah. more out of their golf balls when they hit them you know here it's average around high 50s low 60s which you know is not conducive to long ball flight at sea level right yeah and so the combination of the courses always play longer out here anyway what am I saying, Scott? People play pretty much the wrong tee already. Yeah. <laughs> they should be playing forward. I always laugh. I think, gosh, if you want to have your own personal AT&T like you've watched it on TV, then you should be wanting to hit the same eight iron into the green that the, and the nine irons that those guys are hitting. And the only way you're going to do that is to move forward enough so that you can hit eight irons and nine irons into these tiny greens. I mean, that's part of why this golf course, while it's short for these players, still is relevant because the greens are so small that they need to challenge it off the tee so that they can have short clubs in and, and have an opportunity at some of these birdies. So you can't hit four and five irons into these greens. and think you're going to be successful. It's never going to happen. Eric, when uh, does the course close to the public and uh, tell us about how to get tickets? Well, tickets are on USJ, uh, you know, on the USJ website, they're ready to go. I would encourage anybody to get some tickets. It's a it's a wonderful way to watch. It's going to be an amazing tournament to watch in person. Um, you know, so go to USGA website, get your tickets there. Um, when is the course closing? You know, we're, we're handing it over completely on the 2nd of July, but we have a we're kind of reducing play a little bit as we go leading into that time frame, too. So which is, again, very similar to what we did with the men's event. You know, we slowly reduce play. We really get the conditions um, up and running and then hand it over and, and away they go. And away they go. Very exciting. Very exciting to have the U.S. Women's Open coming to Pebble Beach. Uh, July 5th to 9th are, are the dates. And um, so get on the USGA website and, and find your tickets. Eric, um, I'm glad you uh, were able to spend some time with us. I know as you ramp up and get closer, things get busier. Appreciate you spending some time with us today. You bet. And thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it, Frank. Scott, thank you, too. We'll have more on the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports, 1140. It's the Golf to Go Hour with Frank LaRosa on Sacktown Sports. You are listening to the Golf to Go Radio Hour here on Sacktown Sports, 1140. I'm Frank LaRosa. He's Scott Marsh. And uh, Jeff Coons is with us. Jeff is the president of the Yolo Flyers uh, Club. And in, uh, in Woodland and, uh, you know, you talk about a unique facility. Uh, there aren't too many golf courses right next to an airport. Uh, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Much appreciated. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that certainly stands out when when you when you drive in there is uh, that uh, that airplane that kind of 
kind of sits in your parking lot and and uh, and the runway right there and and you'll see uh, private planes taking off and landing and it, it's uh, just a part of the mystery and i don't know which came first the airport or the golf course well uh that's a good question the the whole property was founded in 1919 by owh pratt and it was envisioned to be a combination golf course swimming facility and airport and the uh, original runway for that airport is not the one that you see now it actually ran the length of, of hole number 17 so anybody that has played our course before hole 17 used to be an east-west runway uh, then they subsequently built the north-south runway that we have now that ends at our parking lot um, but the golf course was was originally constructed first and so where is that obviously yolo flyers that has something to do with the with the airport tell me about the name well the original uh group of men that founded the club several of them were flyers remember in 1919 uh, we had just finished world war one and um there was a fascination with planes they'd only we'd only been flying since what 1906 or 1903 with the wright brothers and there were several members that that had planes or wanted to learn to fly planes. And um, so they purchased a property that would allow them to build both an airport runway as well as the golf club and a clubhouse with a swimming facility. And uh, that's how we came into being. Scott, I don't know if you've had a chance to play Yellow Flyers. I, I've, I've played it a, a few times and uh, um, I should let you answer that question. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have not. It's one of those courses I need to get out and play. I certainly have heard a lot about it, and I know a little bit about the history, but uh, no, I haven't yet. Well, I, I've always found it to be a very relaxing course. I mean, it, it's, um, you know, uh, there's there's some some housing that's been built on the backside now, but uh, but as you go through the first, I don't know, two-thirds of the course, it's it's just, it's very bucolic, uh, you know, uh, trees, uh, birds. Um, what, what, what's your reaction? I mean, you're, you're, you're playing it all the time, Jeff. You, you describe the course in, instead of me fumbling around to try and figure out the words. It, it's, a, it's very playable. Um, we have length. It can measure as long as 7,000 yards from the black tees, and it can measure less than 5,000 yards from the gold tees. So we have tee boxes that fit every style and age of play. Um, the fairways are wide and sweeping. There are trees that line most of the fairways on both sides, not as many as maybe 30 years ago. A lot of them have, you know, fallen down, but uh, we have many native uh, oaks, valley oaks that are still there. And um, it's a relaxing place to play. It's not terribly difficult. It's not hilly. Um, it's an easy walk if you like to walk. And um, I uh, enjoy Every round I play out there, it doesn't ever seem to get old. You know the the what the one hole that just kind of when I think of Yolo Flyers, I think of that. I think it's a par five on the back that goes into the back corner. Just that green complex back there. I I just you know I I find really kind of uh, interesting, and um, and then it's followed by a, a really nice little par three. So that that kind of back corner of the golf course is is what goes through my mind when I think about it. Yeah. Uh, you, you talk about length, um, you know, it's, it's long enough that it's hosted some, uh, some pre-qualifying tournaments for the PGA as well. We have hosted uh, 
California State Amateur Qualifiers several times. We hosted U.S. Open qualifying in 2001, the U.S. Senior Open qualifying in 2002, and we regularly host pre-qualifiers for both the Fortinet Championship, which I think is a Silverado, and also for the Barracuda Championship up at um, Old Greenwood. And both of those tournaments are right around the corner. And I believe we're hosting one of them coming up here next month, maybe August. I, I, I'm not quite sure, but I know we're hosting one of them coming up. So, How long have, have you been a member there? And do you live at that way? I do live in Woodland. I retired in uh, 2013 and I joined this club in 2019. So I've been here for only four, four years. Um, loved every minute of it. The atmosphere of our club is as welcoming and as um, genial and friendly as you could expect. Um, more the so than me you might expect from a, a, another country club. We call ourselves a club in the country. There's there's no pretension at our club. It's uh, welcoming and um, I, I love it. I love the social parts of our club as much as the golf. And you've got one of the friendliest uh, golf head golf professionals around in Mr. Tim Pulley. Uh, he's I, I never I don't know I've ever seen him without a smile on his face. <laughs> yeah, Tim Pulley enjoys coming to work every day. He enjoys his job and it shows. And uh, he he really does uh, embody what we're trying to offer at Yolo Flyers Club. So Scott, um, listening to uh, to Jeff uh, talk about his golf course, what what comes to mind for you? That sounds like a place I'd like to join. You know, the <laughs> fact that it has a bunch of different tees is great because you can play a different course anytime you get out there. Um, to me, one of the standards for a, a club I look to join is can I walk it? I think that's really important. So a club that's easily walkable, I think, is a definite advantage for a course that you're going to play a lot and. And the fact that uh, there's so many other things to do besides golf and uh, it's friendly uh, makes it that much even more attractive. Well, we have a new chef now that we uh, uh, engaged earlier this year, and he is just crushing it on meals. Uh, the meal experience has greatly improved in the last four or five months. Um, we have regular social events, happy hour, karaoke, trivia nights, uh, bunko nights. I've Played bunko for the first time uh, last uh, month, and, and it's, it's a couple's bunko thing, and it was a blast. So uh, social events are great. There are all kinds of uh, practice facilities, including um, two driving ranges with both grass and mats, a chipping green, a sand trap, two putting greens. Um, it, all the range balls are all included in membership fees. It's, you don't have to buy anything. You become a member, and all of these amenities are there at your fingertips. We're talking with Jeff Coons. He's the president of the board of the Yellow Flyers Club in, in Woodland. And, um, Jeff, one of the reasons we wanted to talk to you today is that uh, you've got an open house coming up uh, in July. Tell us uh, what's, what's going on there. Well, like many clubs, we're always looking for new members, and we – don't feel as if we've taken advantage of advertising and the social media presence um, that we should have up till now. And so we're getting more active in Instagram and Facebook. And we decided that one way to showcase our club would be to have an open house and invite members of the public to come on in for the day and um, meet the some of the board members and some of the staff. And we'll give you a tour and we'll have the first tea program um, 
of of Sacramento over with a, all their golf paraphernalia. They'll be doing some golf activities and a putting um, um, course for the kids on the putting green. We'll uh, host a barbecue with hamburgers and hot dogs and sodas for everybody that that comes, and we'll open up our pool for the afternoon for the people that want to attend, and they can come and swim and. Uh, Hopefully it'll be a little warmer than it's been the last few weeks, but um, uh, it'll be a fun event and a good way to introduce yourself to the club. And you can check it out and just see if it fits if it's your your needs and your lifestyles. Um, sounds like it sounds like a lot of fun. Will will uh, visitors be able to put a golf club in their hands? Maybe hit some balls on the range, anything like that. Absolutely. Uh, anybody that comes can either use the first tee course, or if you want to just bring your own clubs and go to the range and hit some balls and chip, you, you know, all the facilities are going to be open other than the golf part for any of the visitors that come that day. And um, we'll want you to give it all a try and, and see if you like it. Scott, I think, uh, you know, putting course and free burgers, maybe we should go there. <laughs> Sounds pretty good to me, Frank. <laughs> Um, you know, you, you, you talk about, um, uh, about joining, uh, a, a private club and, and in many people's minds that, uh, you know, the dollar signs keep running through their heads. And, um, when, when you think about, um, about your facility, Jeff, talk, talk about, um, the, the value that's available at, uh, Yolo Flyers Club. Well, we, you know, making a commitment to a country club is definitely financial commitment and you have to be um, willing to, to uh, you know, pay the price, so to speak. We feel at Yolo Flyers Club, well, we don't feel we know that our prices are the lowest of any Sacramento area Valley Country Club, both on monthly dues and on initiation fees. So the value is there. We're a little out of the way uh, for people that maybe live in like Sacramento or Elk Grove. We're not close to them but for the people in davis and dixon and vacaville and winters and surrounding and the yolo county area as well as woodland we're the we're the we're the choice we are offering the best facility the lowest membership rates compared to other country clubs and um i think the value is is really there you you talk about distance quite frankly um it's not right around the corner on the other hand that that drive through uh some of those country roads is is really very relaxing. I, you know, sometimes we we tend to uh, roll up to a golf course, uh, screech to a stop, jump out, you know, shoes flapping and not even tied, and go to the first tee. I, I have always found that the drive out to Yolo Flyers is very relaxing. It kind of gets me ready to play because uh, you know you go through some farmland, you go through. Uh, in some cases, you can you can go through woodland if you want, or you can go around it. But uh, it 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 really is a is a is a relaxing way to get to a golf course. How's that? Well, I think that one of the best features of Yolo Flyers Club is it's it's absolutely quiet out there when you're playing golf. There's no road noise. There's no freeways. There's no machinery. I mean, it, it is just a beautiful environment to play around the golf in. Uh, I've always enjoyed how how calm and quiet it is out there. Uh, Jeff Coons, the president of the board of the Yolo Flyers Club uh, in Woodland uh, is here to tell us about the uh, open house on July 16th from 10 to 2. Um, anything we missed, uh, Jeff? But, uh, you know, it sounds like we covered everything here. 
Well, we're going to be putting out some newspaper advertisements in some of the local papers, uh, not so much the B, but the, the, many of the papers surrounding Woodland and, and Davis and so on. Um, we're going to be pushing it on Facebook and Instagram. If you're desiring to want to come to the uh, club on Sunday, July 16th, we're going to have a registration period at 10 a.m. so we can get to see who you are and, and get some information from you. And from 1030 to 1130, we're going to have golf activities. This is where you could either hit the driving range or if you have kids and they want to be a part of the first tee experience, they can. And then from 1130 to 1230, we're going to serve some food, some hot hamburgers, hot dogs, chips, and sodas and drinks. And then the pool will be open at 1130 as well. So if you're coming, bring your swimsuits and your towels. We have <laughs> locker rooms for you to change in. Um, it'll be it'll be fun. And and. I think that the people that come out to see the club, if they're interested in joining, they won't be disappointed in what they see. Jeff Coons, thanks so much for being with us on the golf to go radio hour. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Frank and Scott, for your time. And you guys have a great day. Scott, that wraps up another edition of the golf to go radio hour. Thanks to, uh, to Jeff, to, uh, JT, to all our guests here on the golf to go radio hour. We, uh, hope you enjoy what we have to say and, uh, we will be back with more. This time next week, get out and play. It's fun.